Welcome to Mission Matters, celebrating the people and initiatives that embody the Jesuit tradition of St. Louis University, celebrating what matters in the 200-year-old mission that is SLU, brought to you from the Office of Mission and Identity. St. Irenaeus, one of the early church fathers in I think the third or fourth century, used to talk about how the glory of God is the human person fully alive. And so I think there's a nice uh, connection to the the way we think about Jesuit education and, and, and forming the whole person. Anything we can do to help the whole person flourish, that in itself gives glory to God in the Christian tradition. So welcome back to Mission Matters, and we're very happy today to have Kevin Clowninger and Laura Pennington with us from Anthropedia. Kevin, you're the executive director of Anthropedia, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And Laura, you are the director of community engagement. I am. All right. So why don't we just start off and you tell us a little bit uh, about yourselves first, about Anthropedia second, and anything else that would connect Anthropedia with Slip. So I worked for 12 years in the community, specifically with women with behavioral health disorders and their children. And I was the CEO of, of Queen of Peace Center mm. in the last 12 years. And I, in my search to find appropriate and effective curriculum for the women that we served, came upon Anthropedia and the work that they were doing at St. Patrick's Center. Specifically, they were running programming for the homeless men and women in the Shamrock Club and had been doing so for over five years. Okay. So I was an eager executive looking for best practices, but also an executive who was stressed and looking for support for myself and ultimately for my staff as well. So I forged a relationship and partnership with, with Anthropedia and Kevin and a team of my staff went through the training and ultimately brought the curriculum back to the clients that we serve in the St. Louis area. And I fell in love with the work and given my, my network of nonprofit providers and clients who primarily are underserved and underprivileged, my role then with Anthropedia is in large part to disseminate our work in the community to act as a liaison with our community partners and one such partner being St. Louis University. Right, so, right. you know, for me, it's a tremendous passion because I'm a graduate of SLU in the School of Social Work and I really see our partnership helping students yeah. who are aspiring helping professionals right. who in four to six years will be looking for best practices to implement in their field of expertise for wellness right really and and kevin can get into greater detail about our curriculum but our our curriculum can benefit homeless individuals parents teachers administrators top executives all right so anybody really anyone anybody okay um so our approach is is pretty universal and applicable in a wide variety of settings with SLU, our partnership is relevant because we can support these students and their well-being mm -hmm. through our curriculum, mm -hmm. but also prepare them mm -hmm. and help them advance their field of study by training and certifying them to use our curriculum once they are practicing helping professionals. You know, because there's a lot of talk around campus about the needs of students right now with wholeness and personal care and personal well-being. So it's so wonderful to hear you say that this is for individuals. Uh -huh. But then it's also something they can use as they go into their field to help others 
use the same skills that they've learned and that have been beneficial. Absolutely. Great. So Kevin, talk to us a little bit about Anthropedia itself and whatever you want to. Yeah, sure. So, um, well, I grew up here in the St. Louis area as well. Um, Anthropedia was sort of a project that evolved um, when I was in graduate school, actually. So, you know, similar to what um, Laura was talking about, we, I was going, I was on a pre-med track and um, I decided at the last minute to kind of go towards education. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really bad experience in a lab and I just, I oh. said to myself, professional research was not for me. I want to do something a little bit more humanitarianly focused. And so I found my passion in education and teaching. And um, one of the things that I noticed was that a lot of students were um, struggling with mental health issues. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's a lot of behavioral issues. And, you know, one of the big debates we have in educational theory is how do you deal with uh, misbehavior in a classroom? And we, right. Where is it coming from? What are the, you know, root causes? Right. You know, is it, you know, how is it linked to psychological development and social situation and all issues of, you know, race and class and gender and identity and all these things. And so right. it turns out to be, you know, this kid's goofing off in your classroom, but the actual root causes are very complex. Right. It started a long time before <laughs> that classroom. <laughs> exactly. And so 20 years ago, when we got this whole project going, we were looking at, I was looking at statistics from the World Health Organization and other groups saying that depression and anxiety were on the rise. Uh-huh. And I started comparing notes with my colleagues who were in medicine, and they were seeing the exact same things, not only in patients, but also in doctors and nurses. Oh, and wow. Yes. And so in their we, peers. In their peers. And so we ourselves, you know, coming from very privileged, very, um, we really had everything we wanted. We were very well-traveled, mm-hmm. um, uh, very good educations. We were struggling ourselves in different ways with stress and burnout in our respective works and we realized that despite all of the privilege everything we had mm-hmm. it was difficult to work on our own well-being wow well sure it's it sometimes falls to the last priority exactly and i don't know why <laughs> well and I, I haven't answered that question okay. uh, I, I believe honestly and and that's what we started to realize was that so we turned to help um to Dr. C. Robert Cloninger at uh, Washington University, who started, he's done work for 30, 40 years on the development of personality. And, Are you related? And he happens, happens to be my father. Aha, yes. okay. <laughs> so it's very useful. Um, but we, what we realized in getting uh, support from him and then his colleagues at the World Health and the World Psychiatric Association mm-hmm. and other uh, leading figures in mental health was that this exponential increase. Mm-hmm. And 20 years ago, you have to imagine, there wasn't the level of anxiety and depression that we see right now. Right. So it's just the beginnings right. of this crisis that's now reached, I think, truly epidemic proportions. Right. And and what they were telling us was that lifestyle, and this is really key to understanding what we do at Anthropedia, human lifestyle had changed so rapidly in such mm-hmm. a short period of time that we were being stressed. Our minds and our bodies were being stressed in ways that they had never been before. And when I say never, I mean throughout all of human evolution. Wow. Uh, 150,000 years. Sure. There had never been this much rapid change in this short a period of time. Okay. And so if you think about it, you know, lifestyle has fundamentally changed. I mean, technology. Right. Don't need to talk about it. Right. Diet, community. Yeah. Uh, in economic inequality, climate change, you know, systems it goes communication, on and, on and, and so on, on. economy and globalization and the internet and yeah. so on and so forth. And so all of those rapid changes have stressed us in ways without precedent. All of our solutions mm-hmm. 
date to the beginning of the 20th century. So there's a huge mismatch. Yes. Which increases anxiety. Exactly. <laughs> and depression. Oh. And so our institutions, which were uh, formed already, you know, uh, especially this form of the academy that we're sitting in here, really dates back to, in its current form, maybe the industrial era. Right. And the need to educate more and more people to do more and more high-skilled right. jobs. And so um, it's unfortunately not very well adapted to the needs of students and really any like humans <laughs> in the 21st century in the, in the beginning of the third millennium, however you want to look at that. Mm -hmm. And so there is this mismatch between needs and our institutions. And so what we've been trying to do at Anthropedia, our, our stated mission is to decrease rates of lifestyle and stress-related illness. Okay. Which is just a fancy way of saying that, what I just said, right? <laughs> right. And we need to help people with those problems and to help people with those problems. They need a lot of tools. Mm -hmm. And I don't care who it is. Like I said, I mean, I, I took my own case. You know, Laura spoke about her struggles as, you know, we were successful professionals. And as I said, everyone, it doesn't matter who it is, mm -hmm. needs new tools to face these challenges. Mm -hmm that have not been provided by education, not been provided by yeah. uh, educational institutions, uh, not been provided by, you know, medical institutions. There are new tools for a new yeah. era. And so that's really, that's really the key to understanding Anthropedia. And, and so part of that, what we realized was that the tools and the knowledge that was effective were tools that affected the whole person. In other words, we needed body tools, we needed mind tools, and we needed spiritual tools. And that's what led to lasting, what we call sustainable well-being. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So that's really, that's really what we do. So we focus on sustainable well-being in a changing era. Because the problems are not going to get fixed by a simple 20-minute no. meditation. No. Or 10-minute podcast. Exactly. They're going to require tools for the whole person so that they can use those tools in a whole variety of settings. Am exactly. I getting that right? You got it exactly. Okay, exactly. fantastic. Yeah, and so I think, I think that's the key to understanding these things is that when you affect the whole person simultaneously, because we all have this feeling like we try lots of different things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have the feeling that none of those things are working. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's that you need to intelligently apply a lot of different tools simultaneously. So you have to think of the human being like a forest or an ecological system that's totally interrelated. You know, so if you push one thing out of balance, it's going to push on everything else. And, and that's the problem in our thinking globally about wellness and well-being mm -hmm. is that we're too focused either on body approaches, we do therapy or talk approaches, or we right. do, you know, only focus on spirituality. And all of those domains are important. But we they, have to do them all together. They tie us all together. So then concretely, Anthropedia as an organization took this model, which we call biopsychosocial spiritual, in large part based off of the research of Dr. Robert Cloninger and an you know, institute of experts to create a curriculum that can assist individuals in achieving sustainable well-being. So Anthropedia created a curriculum. Mm-hmm. And then it's a certification training program for helping professionals to first and foremost learn and to adapt these practices in their own life and then to be of service to the community. Okay. So you can't give what you don't have. Exactly. Right. So we developed the training, which is a well-being coaching curriculum 
we train and certify individuals as well-being coaches. Okay. And we do research and development to create these resources and to evaluate their effectiveness in practice. So those are Anthropedia's kind of three core areas of competency, research and development, Mm -hmm. training, and coaching. So, you know, dating back three years ago, we formed an affiliation with St. Louis University in hopes of creating a workforce of helping professionals who can use this curriculum in their practice. Okay. But first and foremost, who could benefit from the tools to help increase their peace, their serenity, right. and their well-being. Right. And, and in our conversations with SLU, like the rest of the world, you know, we observed this mounting mental health crisis. Mm-hmm. Said, how can we take all of these tools and these resources that we know and have developed, take them to scale to provide a sustainable, supportive service for the whole campus. And that's what gave birth to the Anthropedia Center for Wellbeing, which we're opening this month. There we go. So that's the next launch I wanted to go into is, yeah. so what's happening right next door? And by next door, we're talking about, well, Forest go ahead. Park Parkway and Spring. All right, which was the old... Library Annex, or right. formerly and fondly known as Lanex. <laughs> okay. <laughs> May it rest in peace, dear students. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it's opening up. Is there a date? The 11th. The 11th of February. So by the time this is broadcast, this podcast goes out, you will have already opened. So tell us what is there and what is what it's all about. So the, the Anthropedia Center for Wellbeing... Um, We'll have two main activities going on inside of it. First is what Laura just talked about. So we'll have our coach training mm-hmm. uh, going on there. And um, so it's what we call the Anthropedia Academy. And so I'm really pleased that we've now formed a partnership as well with um, the, the College School of Public, yeah, Public Health and Social Justice. And so this will be a certificate program for the moment, non-credit bearing, but still, you know, certificate in their department. And then the other project going inside the center of well-being is what we call the Wellness Agora. Agora, okay. And we're kind of going with this this Greek theme. You know, our name is Greek, and we uh-huh. can get into that. But, um, <laughs> you know, we have the canopy, we have the Agora. And the Wellness Agora, the idea of the Wellness Agora is that one of the things that we're suffering from in modern life is a lack of contact with nature. And so the idea was to bring into an urban setting the forces of nature. And so we use technology to harness those various forces and to share them with people. So, for example, we have services that use heat or cold or salt or oxygen or gravity or, you know, all the various forces of nature. And so we have our services are grouped in essentially three different categories. So we have um, preventive health, kind of naturopathic well-being, mm-hmm. um, spa services and uh, fitness services. Uh-huh. And so we'll actually offer twenty more than 20 different wellness services. That's fabulous. And it's an 8,600-square-foot facility, so it's really yeah. quite large. And um, we've really designed it so that when you know the minute you walk through the door, it feels calm, relaxing, yeah. um, and it feels like a natural environment. And yeah. it's true. You walk in, and first I was struck by the beauty of the place. It's just aesthetically just beautiful. Mm. Yeah, and so we... Um, right out of the gate, we're going to be offering uh, a 25% discount for any student in the greater St. Louis area. And then we're working with uh, SLU, for example, as our, as our main partner um, to further subsidize the cost of those services to, 
if you will, to kind of match that mm-hmm. um, that discount that we've given. And so we hope to get it at a minimum down to about $15 a service for student, uh, particularly for um, undergraduate students. And we're working on other uh, arrangements with different departments, but it'll be in that range, anywhere from 25 to 50% off of services. And, and we did a lot of focus group with students, different wellness groups around campus, and everybody told us they felt that that would be an affordable range yeah. for them. So, yeah, definitely. So we can handle up to 400 people a day in that building. Really? So we really can, we're really opening ourselves up to the whole city community. Oh, that's fantastic. So all the efforts that um, I know so many people around the SLU community have been going to to try to address this issue of student well-being and student mental health and all of that. Yeah. This is a humongous yeah. way to do some of that, and it's yeah. right in our backyard. Exactly. It's walkable. I mean, we're literally, we're really underneath the Spring Street lofts. We're right next to City lofts, all the student right. housing that's right there. And, yeah. And so... Behind you know, the Laclede garage. Right behind the Laclede garage. So there's there's easy parking there and you right. know, on Forest Park Parkway, a little bit on Spring there. So we're we're ready for anybody who wants to come. Well we'll use this as a commercial exactly. and get it out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, because I think not just students, I anybody could benefit from this and certainly yeah will benefit from this yes, you just exactly. and would you be open at the beginning if people were just curious and oh, of course wanted to pop over and say not sure i'm ready for a treatment right now but can i see what it's about anytime yeah anybody's welcome at any moment to come over we'll give them a tour and um, we have a we have our website so people can stay a little bit ahead of time so mm-hmm. if they go to the, the wellnessagora.com they can look at those various wellness services wellness agora is that a-g-o-r-a correct dot com yeah okay and if they go to anthropedia.org okay they can find out more about our coaching services and and the different offer- offerings we have fabulous so so in addition to serving the SLU community another important target population for us are helping professionals mm-hmm. who are in the field working with a variety of populations because we we know that they too are burned out and many of them in fact leaving the field as a direct result of their stress so on the educational side we'll continue to offer our certification program but we'll also be offering a variety of seminars and workshops and ultimately having conferences and symposiums excellent on the wellness of Gora side, then, our services will be made available to the general public as well as helping professionals. Wow. Because great. they, too, need a place to care for themselves, mm-hmm. and a, a place that can help the helpers, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. and what we know in, about mental health in general is you have to work on the body in order to help the mind. Sure. And, in fact, really appeasing the body and the body's agitation can help support greater well-being. Sure. It's funny because as I was doing a little research on Anthropedia and trying to um, get my head around, you know, what are even some good questions to ask the two of you? So obviously, SLU is a Catholic university and in the Jesuit tradition. The one scripture verse from the Gospel of Luke kept coming back to me where, you know, people ask Jesus, you know, what's the best thing for us to do? There's so many rules that we're supposed to follow. What's the greatest commandment? And his answer is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And that's what it sounds like you're doing here. And you're smiling pretty big, so I'm wondering if that's what <laughs> that's come to your mind often before. Well, you know, you, what, you know, before we started this, you'd asked us, you know, what we thought this had to do with, you know, the overall mission of, 
of SLU, and that it's certainly what came to my mind as well. I mean, I should say that um, you know, Anthropedia is um, open to people of all faiths, of all traditions, of all walks mm -hmm. of life, um, and. On, on my side, you know, growing up in St. Louis, I, I was raised in a Catholic family. I went to Jesuit education. And when I think about, yeah, Jesus' commandment, in other words, what, what's most important, mm -hmm. that's exactly how I think about it. That I think what, in a sense, I think he was saying is that the more we work on ourselves, the more we increase our potential, the potential right. of our body, the potential of our mind, the potential of our soul, all the strength of the virtues and all the potential we have as humans, right? we're in a better position to love people, love our neighbor, in other words, as ourselves. And and I do think that's a, very much what we're doing at the center. It's it's about helping people increase that human potential and to express the force of virtue in their lives. So it's, Yeah, there's, an, there's something else in the Gospels, and I'm not going to be able to quote it well, but it's yeah. along the lines of, out of the storehouse of the heart, mm -hmm. the mouth speaks. Yeah, yeah. So regardless of whether we're well or sick, we are projecting that out into our sphere of influence, into every single person we encounter. Yeah. So it doesn't just do us well to be healthier and wholer and holier, but it actually serves our mission yes. better to yes. do that. You know, and I think sometimes it's so easy to feel like uh, it's a luxury yeah. to take care of myself. Exactly. You know, I've got so many other people that need tending to or so many other responsibilities. How could I possibly justify yes. taking an hour for myself or spending money for that? Yeah. When in reality, the investment of that is an investment of the heart. And it, it could be a gospel value. Yes. Simply because we're about caring for people. Yeah. And I can only care for other people. If I acknowledge that I, as a person, need some care, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, and I think it, you know, back to what you said at the very beginning of the day, and yeah, wellness, what is wellness in that sense, and what's its role? And I think mm -hmm. part of the problem is that this notion that wellness and well-being would be an indulgence or something you do after mm -hmm. you've done more serious things right. betrays the true nature of, you know, what is wellness actually doing for us? What does it mean to be in well-being, right? And the key is in the term, right? It's a being right. that is well. That's right. <laughs> and and I think that we have to understand first and very much what is the nature of being. Mm. And that's where we join up with, you know, the whole history of philosophy and religious traditions and even science, right? I mean, you know, what right. is the nature of reality? What's the nature of matter and of thought and of development? And and so I think it it's much more... You know, positive psychology is important. Sometimes it's given a, I think, a, it's cheapened to some extent what this work on wellness and well-being really is about because it, it's made it look like all you have to do is just smile mm -hmm. and kind of fake it till you make it. Right. And I think that when, in the context of all those challenges that we've been talking about, mm -hmm. well-being is not like a luxury at all. It's an absolute necessity. It's a fundamental human need. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a lot of the depression and anxiety that we see is not an illness. It's a lack of well-being. It's an absence of that wellness inside of us. And, and so it, even the pills won't always address those issues, although it can be a fantastic compliment. And so it's, we need to work on both. That's and, a great way to look at it. Yeah. And I think it, and even more so for, it just joins in with that 
the overall human development as a gospel value. You know, mm-hmm. that, that notion that it's also a way of working on your spiritual development. Yeah. So it, it's all those things. It's, yeah. it's body, it's mind, and it's soul. Yeah. It's all those things together. Mm. Yep. Yeah. He came that we might have life, and life not just to survive it, yes. Yes. <laughs> which I think sometimes, I mean, I'll admit, sometimes when, I, when the alarm goes off and yeah. it's a Monday morning and it's 30 degrees outside, yeah. sometimes making it yeah. is the bar I set, but that's not what we're for. We're for life to the full. Exactly. We're meant to thrive, not survive. So. Exactly. Well, thank you. Is there anything else you want to share with the SLU community out there? We're here to support you and assist you in caring for your well-being so you can show up in the world and and give that hope and that well-being to others. Like you had said, I think since so many people think so often, oh, this work, is, I don't have time for that. Or there's no time. You know, I think it's really important. We have this problem of foresight and thinking really long term. And we're dealing with so much chaos right now that I think it's important to remember, as you said quite rightly, that whatever you do, even if you don't come to our center, it's very important that you take the time to to work on yourself and to give yourself some time and you know reflect on what matters most in life <laughs> and try to dedicate some time to that, even when there are other priorities. Because otherwise, I think our children and their children and their children's children they won't have those models. They won't, they won't, if we don't take that time now and set that example. Everybody it, suffers. Everybody suffers down the line. So, Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Kevin and Laura, thank you so much for being here with us today. I look forward to seeing everything that Anthropedia is going to be. And we encourage everybody out there to go on over and take a visit. Thanks so much. Thank you. So until next time, this is Mission Matters, where we are looking in and around SLU for all those who make the mission come alive. Amen. Amen.